Hello, everybody, and welcome to Camel Call Friday with Evan Budrovich. I'm Chris Haymeyer. First things first, we have to know, Evan, about your trip to Wisconsin for ESPN to tape the uh, National Axe Throwing Pro-Am. How was it? First of all, I threw an axe, which you would think would be easy, but there's different types. There's the Blackhawk yeah. axe, which is more skinny. There's the long handle axe or the big axe, which is a little heavier in the back. The technique is not as simple as you'd think. It's not just chuck it at the wall. You have to get the angle right to have it stick in the board. Needless to say, I wasn't very good. But the competition was amazing. It was a mix of amateurs and professionals. Yeah. So you'd have like random Joe Schmo who worked at a coffee shop compete against dude who's made hundreds of thousands of dollars competing. Now you can make a living axe throwing? I wouldn't say it's like a great living, but you can you can pick up checks here or there. They, you know, they were competing for about ten grand really? for each award, so yeah. not enough money to live on it full time. But you could have a good hobby. A lot, of, a lot of the folks had it as a side hustle, or yeah. And then the best part, of course, is the camaraderie of the group. I mean, you're sure. there for twelve hour days, and they're throwing axes from ten to ten. So that part of it, it has that niche sport aspect Back to, to it. the grind, literally, literally. That's awesome. Well, we can't wait. I know you don't know when it's going to be on yet, but. I was probably the only person in Wisconsin streaming Flow Sports watching the Campbell football game against <laughs> Delaware. It may have been me and nobody else, but hopefully someone else in the state was watching. Yes, definitely, definitely. So it is a championship weekend for our Campbell volleyball team, the best of any team in the fall. Campbell finished uh, third in the regular season. We're taping this on Thursday, so we do not yet know what happens on their Thursday night match against a Northeastern team that they have beaten? If it does, for the sake go of the podcast, well, let's say they let's win say they the won. first round. They won. They yeah. won. Okay, <clears throat> three, two, volleyball won, everybody. So we are talking to you on Friday. They will play Delaware tonight at six thirty. Championship game Saturday um, on Flow Sports. Regardless of what happens to volleyball, whether um, they win it all or lose Thursday or Friday or Saturday. What a great showing on a Greg Goral team that just continues to build. Two years, two trophies, and now this finish in a much, much harder CAA. 13-5 and five in the conference. Now, so good. even if they go 1-1 one and one in this tournament, 14 conference wins is incredible. They were picked yeah. in the bottom half of the league, and to finish third, an outright third place, they've split with Delaware on the road, struggled match one, grinded out match two, Similar with Towson, who they would most likely play in the final unless some upsets happen. The ball's in their court. How about Chloe Cook, first team all-conference? And we talked about it. She spent the summer volunteering in Africa. She was not full-time volleyball. Yeah. Has come back, got her grad year. Her and Clara Infector are roommates since day one. They're best friends. They're both all-conference players. You could argue the Charleston libero and Clara for libero of the year. She was voted second team. Whatever. Fine. Numbers are askewed. But Melody Page, who was one of our most effective hitters, also second-team all-conference, that's the senior class. Them and McKenna Shaka, who, odd story, we both donated blood together on Wednesday on campus. There was a blood drive for the Fighting Camel Club and also for people in general. What don't you do? It's been such a big week for you. I have given blood. I've been out of the state. Yeah, huge week. You've been in, in the Castle Coliseum. But I will say for this volleyball team's credit, they had injuries early. They've overcome those injuries, and they've won at Towson. So the ball's in their court, and I, and I will say they are passing the ball much better. Their serve-receive is better. In those tournaments, momentum is such a fickle thing. You, you can get on a five-point run and give up a five-point run. If they can stay mentally composed 
they have a great chance to get to the final. On Campbell Call Live on Monday night, we had uh, Campbell head football coach Mike Minner on the first half hour of the show, as we always do. But we had Greg Gorl, and then we had Claire Ann and Chloe. And it seems like a million years ago, but you forget that this group of freshmen are all freshmen that started in that 2020 COVID year. They did not have fall volleyball. They ended up playing in the spring, but it really started that run, and you, you, you really should listen to it because th- they talk about how that bonded them together. And Chloe Cook, you're saying all these great things about her. When I asked both of them, you know, what makes Greg Gorl in this program special? But Chloe Cook gives one of the best answers that I have ever heard when you're asking a student athlete to talk about their coach and, and why they love their coach. We are very lucky to have a lot of great coaches whose student athletes uh, really, really love them and uh, and respect them. But but this was so eloquently put by Chloe, uh, who has some sort of biochem major or something that I can't uh, that, that that I can't pronounce. But it was just it was just really really great, and it tells you about how this is Greg Goral who came over here as an assistant. He had to basically start a Division One program from scratch. The, the program was in such a disarray. It has not been easy for him. Um, he has had to learn how to be a head coach. He has had to learn how to handle a team. And what Chloe Cook says, that with the trophies, lets you know, my gosh, uh, what, what an accomplishment it's been for him. Most successful fall program. And not only that, but retaining four- and five-year seniors. You think of Sarah Kala, the highest recruit ever to come to Campbell. She won a title as a senior on her home court yeah. right across the street from where we taped this podcast. Fector and Cook were part of that championship team, but they were young pieces. They weren't the huge all-conference players they are now. And Melody Page, who was the hero of that championship run with the, the, the match-winning kill, if you will, against High Point, she is so ready to finish out her career as a champion. This is yeah. it for her. She wants to go to Europe and play next year, but that, that's, all out of the, that's all down the road. This team's got everything they need to win. They have health, they're playing well, yeah. and they've beaten the teams that are very good. So this is a very winnable conference for them. Yeah, all of those matches on Flow Sports and and just incredible. This, again, this, this group of seniors, some that were here last year, some that are going to graduate next year, they are the foundation of what has been a Campbell volleyball program that quite frankly was not very good for they're in since their inception and now they are a champion caliber team so just a, a great great job by the coaches the coaching staff and and everybody that's put their blood sweat and tears speaking of blood sweat and tears wrestling friday night another unique event we talk about it all the time one of the many reasons we love that sport is the fact that they don't really play by any rules no, it is and it is they, a free-for-all. they want to draw in viewers and people from outside so so our Campbell Campbells have been on the forefront of it credit uh, Scotty Sintez and and his and his group for saying yes to anything so they're going all the way to Wyoming that would be enough they're in Laramie Wyoming to take on the University of Wyoming in a barn in the middle of a ranch at 7 p.m. on Friday night it's going to be on UFC Fight Pass and I'm not exaggerating in any way it's going to be really really fun I ran into Tay Gaudiali this week coming back from the Nebraska match, and I said, what did you learn in that moment? And he was the one camel who won by major decision, so he got the four points. And he said, yes. Are we as good at Nebraska right now? No. But is the difference that far off from a top 25 team? He said there isn't a huge gap. And they're ranked in the top 10. And that's the encouraging sign for Campbell. And they've had ranked teams in the past. They've 
every year have five or six nationally ranked wrestlers in the top 30. But this club's only getting better. And we've seen in the SOCON that at their best, they've won four of the last five titles. They're a very good program. This, this barn thing is fascinating to me because you talk about their first three meets in Lincoln, Nebraska, in an airport hangar on a military base, <laughs> yeah. and in a barn in the middle of the outskirts of Laramie, <laughs> Wyoming. No. So they will wrestle anyone, anywhere, anytime. They've also had their preseason scrimmage on the front porch of a basketball arena. Yeah. And they've asked in the past to wrestle on the baseball field. Yeah. It didn't work out because of rain, but they've tried every unique niche in the sport. And we've talked about the USC fight pass angle. There's people who don't know what Campbell is yep. that see the school and see the sport. So for them, this is a neat opportunity. And they're a really good team that has shown they can compete against the top 10 teams in the country. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just incredible what they have done. And again, going out, Wyoming is good. It's a long way from home, but, uh, but it would be big. And I think, I think the two teams are really That'd be a matched. Power 5 win, too. They're no big 12 doubt. in wrestling. No doubt. No doubt. Um, should be a good one. That's coming up 7 p.m. UFC Fight Pass. I know you have to you have a lot of different streaming services to follow the camels here so far, but it's okay. Stick with us. And if you have to choose one, choose flow. Uh, swimming will end up their fall at the Liberty Invitational. This is traditionally one that they have done very well. They beat Liberty head to head before at this at this meet. So hopefully um, the women's swimming team can can go up and make what has been a, a an exclamation point on a very good fall with all the transition that's going on football their last game of the season it'll be at ncant in greensboro 1 p.m that'll be on flow sports we'll also have a live audio for you um you know if you listen to the to the live podcast coming up last monday there is rarely a, a loss that sticks with uh campbell head coach mike mincher uh, for three days, and and this one this one stuck with him. Um, he he was a little down to the fact that you know he knew Delaware was a good team. He knew that that this was a team that was an underdog. He he knew that it shouldn't have been the score that it was. Campbell uh, got embarrassed in that game against a very very good team who who I believe will probably go farther than any other team. In they're the CAA. projected to be a top eight national seed. I mean they're the, the they're the best CAA and FCS team that I've seen this year by a lot. The challenge is the turnovers because Campbell, especially in that first quarter, they were going right up and down the field yeah. with Delaware. The pick six obviously turned the game and put it out of reach. This is, and we've talked in the past about Campbell, where from a mental standpoint, they have to stay locked in. The challenge is now you're playing a team at A&T that is, has one win, has not been overly competitive in the league but has played Campbell well in the past, and this game will mean a lot to A&T, as it will for Campbell. This could be Haj Malik Williams' final game as a Camel. And that whole senior class that was honored last week with the Jalen Kelseys and the Isaiah Birches and the Mike Edwards and all that crew. This is also a moment for Campbell where legacy kind of matters. How do you want to finish this four-year run? Yep. Five and six looks a whole lot different than four and seven, especially against a quote-unquote not elite A&T team where they need to show that they can finish strong. They did that last year going up to Delaware and crushing Delaware State. If they can put up that type of performance, that really sets the tone for signing day, which is in less than a month, believe it or not. It's early December. And that sets the tone for the recruiting class, and you get your young players in, and you really see what next year starts to look like as you gear up for the opener. Yeah, and, and Coach Minner talks about it on the podcast. He talked about it last year. He said, when you win that last game, 
It's like it in the NFL, even if you don't go to the playoffs, everything. If you win that last game, it carries over into the weight room in the winter, carries over into spring football, carries over to the summer. And I really noticed that because this was one of the first times last year that they had won a game at the end of the season for a long time. Now, look, you know, you can't put a spin on the Delaware game. It was tough for, for a lot of seniors that have done that, that have done so well, especially Hajim Malik Williams. It was a tough time for him to go out. But you have this one last game against an NCA&T team that's 1-9. and nine. They're going to be playing to try to polish what has been a bad season for them on senior day. This is a little bit of a rivalry uh, between these two teams. They ruined Campbell's last season last game year. Last was epic. Yeah. A big comeback. They ruined Campbell's season last year. But I will again say, and you're saying, well, I listen to this podcast, and you're changing your perspective each, each and every day. I'm not. I'm just telling you what the facts are, and the facts are this. If Campbell wins and goes to 4-4 four and four in the CAA, they will be out of the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, out of the last seven first-year teams in the CAA. They will have the best record since back in 2011 when Old Dominion came in and they knew that they were going to be a FBS team in a couple of years. That was a much different team at six and two. NCA and T this year, 0 and seven. Last year, Hampton one and seven, Monmouth three and five. Elon was a first-year CAA team in 2014, 0 and eight. Albany in 2013, 0 and eight. Stony Brook three and five. Georgia State. How funny is that that they were There's a, a lot of names in that the they CAA were an years, a, yeah. a CAA team when they started their program one and seven. Again, I know November's have not been great for for Campbell. We, we football. have touched on though to your larger point. Yeah, five and six this year is better than five and six in other years, and and that is absolutely true. And, and you're and not it's just hard, spinning. It's it. hard to you know pull off the sunglasses and look in, through that lens. But that tells you right there, first year CAA team four and four. It's and something Campbell nobody was else does in the bottom third. This was expected. Yeah. Now it's hard to swallow the way some of the games have been lost, and There's I think Mike no doubt. has been honest with that. There's no and doubt. Even talking with him on the Camel Call shows, the challenge is this is a game that you need to win. Yes, because four and seven with the losing record in the league is tough. Now they have all the talent to win this game, and that should not be an issue. It's the mental side of it, and we've seen Campbell in moments play up to Carolina's competition for a half, and then play down to teams in certain moments. So. What team shows up against A&T is a really unique part of Saturday's game. Yeah, and this year, too, if you're, if you're looking at the whole picture, they have lost to good teams. Every team they have lost to has been a good team. You know, every team that they have beat has been average or below, but that has not always been. There's been that inconsistency that they've played down to teams and lost to teams that they quote-unquote shouldn't on paper. Um, you know, they've – They've won the games that they quote unquote should, and they lost the games that they that they should have. Well, the lopsided score, I think, is what has people down right now. So it's a big game, as you say, for a lot of different reasons against NCA and T Saturday at one. Because then we book our tickets to Lynchburg August thirty first of next year and head back to the House of Flames yeah. for the season opener. Oh next my year. gosh! Starting off the year, I'll already start to explain this one. Liberty paid us a lot of money. Five years ago to go up there, they're paying us a lot of money again to go up there. I mean, we're getting hey, I, we're getting Power like, Five money. For this up is there. exposure, and, and we've yeah. talked about the UNC game in the exposure. Liberty is now one of the top independents outside of Notre Dame. There's only four independents left in FBS football. They moved to Conference USA, so they have become yeah. the conference champions of Conference USA. Like they are a really good FBS program. Yeah, they're undefeated in the top 25 in the country right now in the CFP poll. 10 and 0. That is that is no joke. They are a good football program, which means Campbell playing at Liberty, one, the regionality of it, but then two, 
that's a big opener. And coming into it with a win with possibly Chad Masco at quarterback and, sure. and some things, like that is a huge summer to build into the second year in the CAA. They're 10-0 this year? They haven't lost a game yet. They haven't lost a game this year? They're one of the best teams have, in the country you've never heard of. I have I have my phone and laptop is set up to block any sort of liberty coming through. So I do get so that's the reason I don't know that. NBA program that's every re- week. <laughs> You're a proud Campbell MBA student yeah, right 10 now. 10-0 and 7-0 in CUSA. Oh my so they've gosh. locked up the Conference USA title. Good Lord. If, now this takes some complications, if Tulane were to fall off and Liberty was still the highest ranked group of five team because Conference USA is now a league that's considered a group of five, they could go to a big-time bowl game What if they're the highest-ranked non-Power 5 champion. Wow. Which right now is Tulane. But they could they could slide into that with some luck. And We joke. Liberty, you know, was a team that had all the money and, and, and won all the things when Campbell was just getting into the Big South. Also, too, we love Alan York, who's the voice of Liberty. He is a friend um, and, a, and a great colleague. And, and everyone up there is unbelievably nice oh the not, staff are the nicest not at people the top yeah. top but uh everybody else is uh is uh is is really really nice so we you know kind of say that and we'll have to go up there to, to liberty again okay we're getting way ahead of ourselves because uh basketball season in full swing campbell went uh on the road to ecu on saturday went to virginia tech and uh two losses uh but both games are campbell which you would guess is going to happen early in the season against group of five and power five teams. Uh, rough starts, good endings. They were down eight to Virginia Tech with 4.50 to go in the game. I mean, a the couple defense of traveled ago. to Blacksburg. No that, that wasn't the question. No doubt. It's a, it's a team that I really like the pieces to, and you can not have to go too far in your mind. P- people don't have to get better. They just have to play together. They, they, their offense isn't clicking right now, which which rightfully so. It wouldn't. They're trying to figure out. Delorso, 35 points, a career high against ECU. Incredible. Against Virginia Tech, he, he had six points. Um, so they're going to have to find a consistent another score. But, man, I, I really like the pieces that they have, and they seem to be deep right now. And this tournament coming up, the Creek Classic, is a great test. NC Central has a ton of new faces Ironically, two of High Point's best players from last year, including Manny Azunabor, comes over to Central. They're, they're fast, they're athletic, they're physical. They're going to test Campbell in ways that Navy did not. And they're not as good as Virginia Tech or ECU, but still solid. Citadel has played everyone very tough. Yeah. Hosted Boston College, lost by, I believe, six or seven points, and a much-improved PC team that went to Vandy and won. That was a two-point game with like a minute left. That's a pretty good Citadel team compared to years past. And they have the Presbyterian transfer, oh, the forward, I'm blanking on his name, that always gave us trouble, uh, Hill. What's his first name? Julian? No, not that <laughs> Hill, but their power forward from PC oh, okay, gave yeah. us trouble. He's now the starter at Citadel, and they're, and they're pretty good. Yeah. And then Idaho State, decent team, but kind of at Campbell's caliber. Yeah. Have an all-conference player returning. That, that's a very balanced field where I could see, like when we hosted the Creek Classic three years ago, all the teams are two and one. Yeah. You know, there's not going to be that team that comes in here and wins by 30, which makes it a really neat pre-Turkey Classic. I, I like it. And this is where Campbell really shines. They, they are so tough to prepare for when you don't have a lot of time to prepare for it usually happens. So 
We've got five basketball games in three days, including uh, three and three for Campbell. Idaho State versus the Citadel, 4 p.m. on Monday. Uh, Evan will be on the call for Campbell at NC Central on Flow, 7 o'clock on Monday. The Citadel at NC Central, 4 o'clock. Campbell versus Idaho State at 7 o'clock. And then Campbell takes on Citadel, 5 o'clock on Wednesday. Your kids are out of school. Not your kids, Evan. Um, your listeners' kids are out of school on Wednesday, so that's about the time you need to get them out of the house and any relatives that you have coming over. So 5 I, o'clock I've on Wednesday, special a, time. there's a rumor around campus that campus may close an hour early so people can go to the game at 5 o'clock. Wow. Get them okay. out around 4 so they can head over to the arena and All right. end the Thanksgiving holiday a little early. Start the turkey, and you get in. Uh, one ticket will get you in for uh, both games a day. So as Evan says, evenly matched, good basketball here. Campbell hasn't invited – a lot of cream puffs to come in. Um, Saturday, Wanda Watkins oh Day gosh, yeah. at uh, Gore Arena. It's going to be an amazing day. People from basically four decades of Campbell family and Wanda Watkins, those that played with her, those that played with her in high school, those that coached with her, those that played with her through the years, a lot of people are going to come uh, to honor Wanda Watkins. Of course, she announced that she's retiring uh, from athletic administration and Campbell coming up in May. It's going to be a sensational day, 2 o'clock on Saturday. We are going to start the Flow Sports broadcast, if you can't get there, at a quarter till. And I would say, too, that is when a lot of great stuff is starting. So so get there a half hour early, the presentation, um, and some and some great videos that we have uh, for people honoring uh, Wanda Watkins starts at 145. Not only the coaching career of Wanda, the 549 wins, the transition from non-scholarship to scholarship. With, with her, too, it's 50 years of Campbell history. Yeah. And, and that's hard to trade. There aren't many people who have seen the entire scope of women's college athletics on a campus. And she has literally gone from being the first women's basketball recruit to being the pioneer that led them into Division One to them being the coach that won them a title, multiple yeah. titles in the A-Sun or in the TAC, back as it was called. But she has done all those things, has now become the interim athletic director for six months plus, yeah. ran the department during a COVID transition, and has now led a whole unit of people underneath her as a senior women's administrator. So she's done everything in the department, was the athletic trainer, the strength coach, and the head coach yeah. in the early 80s, late 70s. Basically has been the brick and mortar of Campbell women's basketball for 40 plus years, the all-time wins leader in the top 50 of women's basketball winning as coaches. Like there, there's so much to the Wanda story and her and her parents live 20 minutes down the road Yeah, in Johnston County. So all of that combined will make for a really awesome and rewarding. I know she'll be here for a few more months working, yeah. but the, this is a moment to celebrate Wanda who hates the spotlight. Yeah. She hates being on television. Yeah, it's it's something that makes her stuff, being be, being humble is what makes her so special. But her and Dr. Wallace and Dr. Wiggins and now Dr. Creed yeah. have, have been through so many years of women's sports here on campus, and she is someone you need to come out and celebrate. Yeah, it's, it's amazing because you talk about how she has seen this explosion of women athle women's athletics from when – I mean, as you said, she was the trainer and the strength conditioning. Look, when women's – it wasn't like Title IX happened and then it was like, wow, there's all these women's sports that get exactly what the men do. It has been 
you know, not only on this campus, but across the nation. It has been a long fight, and she has been at the center of that fight and, and so humble and so grateful, and she could have three lists of things that went wrong and why that she has, you know, didn't have what everybody else had. She could be bitter. You could see that, but she's not. She's just so thankful of, of Campbell, and she has given so much. And then when she retired, look, with all that she's done, if you give her an administrative position and she comes in once a week and does a little bit of paperwork and come up, you'd be like, hey, Wanda, you know what? You deserve that more than anyone. She works harder than anyone I know, and she has put her nose to the grindstone to make this place better overall um, as she continues just to give back to this place. So uh, just a little bit of us giving back to her. And you know, too, she has moved into um, we asked her to be on the women's basketball broadcast, and she's been such a joy to have those broadcasts. And you've worked side by side for her each and every game. And she works really hard at those games, oh, too. That, she studies so hard. Those prep notes. Now, it's yeah. in pen and pencil. You know, yeah. it's old school that way. But she will grind out tape she and does. watch every opponent mm. and go to the shoot-arounds. And, you know, she puts in the work of a full-time yeah. broadcaster and will approve schedules for yeah. the teams, right? So it's like both sides. She's in the admin meetings approving yeah. basketball policies. Then she's in the meeting with softball traveling to their tournament for a week to watch Trina Prater or yeah. Sharonda McDonald win a championship. And she'll do seven or eight basketball games a month, whatever's on the Campbell schedule, and grind out notes on Presbyterian or Northeastern combined with taking care of her parents who live in Johnston yeah. County and – runs community service groups. So it's like all this stuff together just leads to an awesome woman. There was a whole profile in the Campbell Magazine. I invite you to go back to 2019 on the Campbell Magazine page about women of the decades of Campbell. She's in the 1980s. She could have been in any of the decades, but they chose that one specifically. A neat profile about her impact on campus too. And oh, by the way, her women's basketball team, now coached by Ronnie Fisher, is really, really good. They were beating up bad Virginia in the first half of the game as Campbell went up to Virginia, and Virginia did what Power Fives do in the second half and their depth and their technical ability get to you. But this was they were leading Virginia at Virginia in the third quarter. I mean, they were doing really, really well. They went on the road and, and beat a tough Coppin State team. They're really good. The depth is key. And, and obviously, we told you with Brittany Staves and with Shai Tooley, and Christabel, CB, that they had frontline talent, but now there's eight or nine that can play. Yeah. The issue against Virginia, and, and we've seen this, is when they're a little undermanned and getting into scoring droughts, they can be susceptible. They were going punch for punch with Virginia, and CB was having herself a double-double in the first half against Virginia. They had the frontline talent to outclass UVA. No doubt. So the Campbell... Women's basketball team, they're good, and Wanda Watkins, what a legend. 2 o'clock, get there at 1.30 for the pregame festivities. Tickets at GoCamels.com. Kids 12 and under, get in free. Favorite Thanksgiving food? I'm a big stuffing guy. I love stuffing. <laughs> I had stuffing at lunch today at the Gaylord's Kitchen. <laughs> Did they have a Thanksgiving? Oh, yep. I'm, I'm a turkey guy. I'm a turkey guy. Leftover turkey sandwiches are the best for me. All right, for Evan, I'm Chris. Gobble, gobble.